Welcome to the NASPP's Equity Expert Podcast Series. My name is Kathleen Cleary, and I'm the Education Director for the NASPP. Today, our podcast is entitled, Does One Size Fit All? Getting the Most Out of Your Equity Plan. And we'll be speaking with Marshall Vance, PhD, professor currently at Virginia Tech. Before we get started, I just want to remind everyone that this podcast is actually one of a series of interesting and educational podcasts on topics primarily related to equity and careers in equity. You can access the entire podcast series at naspp.com forward slash equity expert, and that's all one word. And you can also subscribe to our podcast series, then you'll get an email whenever we post a new episode. So that's a great way to stay caught up on the latest news in equity. As I mentioned, today we'll be speaking with Marshall Vance, PhD, who is currently a professor at Virginia Tech. Previously, he was a professor at the University of Southern California's Marshall School of Business. Prior to joining USC, Dr. Vance earned a doctorate in accounting from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Dr. Vance's research focus includes studying the design and performance effects of equity compensation plans. His research in equity compensation and performance management has received multiple awards from the American Accounting Association, and he has twice received fellowships from Beister Fellowship Program, which is administered through Rutgers University, and those awards were for his research on broad-based employee ownership. Welcome to the podcast, Marshall. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Let's go ahead and start really basic for our listeners today. So when companies are evaluating their equity plans and taking a look at what they want to do for future planning, what types of questions should they be asking themselves? Well, I think to begin with, just a little bit of introspection and uh, just at a high level thinking about what are they really trying to accomplish with the plan? Because I think from that starting point, you can really determine what you're looking for in terms of the outcomes and how you might evaluate success or, or areas for improvement. So once you've kind of nailed down what you're trying to accomplish, and of course, typical answers to that would be, well, we're trying to motivate, we're trying to build engagement, however you define that, retention, attraction those types of objectives. Once you've determined that, then you can start to ask yourself, well, how well is my plan actually working? And, and I think uh, a little bit later, we'll get into more details on what that looks like. But then something else that I think often goes maybe unasked or, or a little less attention on is the question of, okay, how's it working overall? But how is it working for different participant groups? And that's also something I think we'll get into a little bit is why we might expect different people to have different responses, even to a similar uh, equity plan. Absolutely. Especially for global companies, they're going to have quite a variety of participant groups. So I know that you've done a lot of research in this area, and certainly your introduction reflects all the research that you've done and the awards that you've received. And I think that our listeners would be very interested to hear some of the research relative to equity plans and their effectiveness. So can you share what the academic research says? Yeah, so you know, I'm happy to talk uh, not just about my own research, um, but also just more broadly. So as I mentioned before, in talking about the what are these equity plans trying to accomplish? The typical goals are motivation, attraction, or retention. And the good news is there's a lot of reason to to be optimistic about how these plans work and the good things that these plans can do in terms of 
motivating and attracting and retaining your employees. Um, one of the best studies that I've seen just at a very high level in terms of asking the question of the performance effects, which to some extent assumes the the motivation, the internal motivation on a per employee basis, but finds that uh, for broad-based stock option plans, those firms that use broad-based stock options have about a 2.6 percentage point higher ROA, holding everything else equal. So for example, holding equal industry size and things like that. Um, for me, most of my research looks more at the employee level um, rather than just at the company level. But for example, I've done a study looking at employee retention for a uh, ESOP plan and found that those employees within the plan that participate have uh, retention rates that are about 30% higher. So very dramatic difference. And that use a, a particular empirical approach to try to get at a causal effect. And the causal effect was about a 30% difference within a company. But just going back to something that we said earlier, that difference, the effect of participating in the plan varies dramatically across, say, tenure levels, across employee age groups, and depending on women versus men. And so, again, it's something to, to think about in terms of the design and how it's administered, you know, how well it's working across those different groups. But certainly the average effect there, I think, is very positive. Um, other studies have looked at the effect on Innovation is measured, for example, by patents. And again, positive effects in terms of the innovation, the citation of those patents as well. Some of the research on the employee turnover is a little bit mixed when you're looking at the firm level. For example, a recent study shows that following a large increase in, in a grant or a one-time grant, retention is improved, but it seems to be more of a temporary effect. Another study that I've that I'm currently working on actually finds at the firm level, and I, and I think this is very interesting, potentially a negative effect on retention. But when you drill a little bit deeper, what you find is that some employees seem to really like the plans. And there seems to be what, what we call in academia a sorting effect, where some employees don't like receiving equity and they leave, but those tend to be the employees that are least satisfied, have less trust in management. And ultimately, the effect of the plan that we show is to actually improve the overall composition of the workforce. And so, so those are some of the, the findings in the academia right now. Again, I think that there's more to be done there, certainly, where the challenge for all academics is just finding the data to be able to answer some of these big questions. But again, I think there's every reason to be optimistic and encouraged by the findings that we've seen so far. I know I've read several of the studies as well, and it's very interesting when employees are owners, how it affects their behavior. So when companies are evaluating their own plans, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, when they are doing this evaluation on their plans and their awards, how can they actually determine what's working and what isn't? So I guess as a starting point, I would say the two main ingredients that you need before undertaking this type of an exercise is you need to make sure that you have a plan that covers enough employees or at least enough employees would be eligible that you have sufficient sample size. And so this, I don't want to bore you with the, the math or anything like that, but just from a statistical standpoint, you need enough sample to have confidence that the relationships that you're seeing aren't just there by chance. If you only have two employees and you're comparing those two employees, there could be any number of different things and you'll never have enough rigor in, in a very small sample to be able to answer 
with confidence that what you're seeing is actually caused by, for example, the plan or the equity and not by something else. So sample size is definitely important. Just consider, and it doesn't have to be huge, but you know, look for plans that cover at least, say, 100 employees or something like that would, would start to get you there to be able to ask some of those questions. And then the other thing is you need some sort of a comparison group. And so think about how you might uh, look at your data or look at your coverage and see what may have changed or what is administered differently across groups and find those places where someone is either receiving something different from somebody else or it could be that the plan has changed over time or different ways that the plan is communicated to different employees or things like that. Because again, if everyone has the exact same experience, even if you have a huge sample size, you just have nothing to compare it to. If everyone has always received equity and they've always received the same equity, it'd be very difficult for you to say what has been the effect of that equity plan. Uh, going off of that then, if you're evaluating what types of questions can I ask or, or what types of plans, probably you're not gonna be able to get a satisfying answer to the question of, is my compensation to the CEO or even to the NEOs, are they doing anything? Even if that's a, an important question for you, it'd be very difficult for you to, to do those types of analyses within a single company. And so you're better off looking more at the broad-based plans and considering what are some of those effects uh, there. So once you have those two key ingredients, you've got the sample size, you have enough employees, and you've got something to compare across, then there are two basic approaches that you can go down. One is you can survey your employees to get outcomes. So in other words, you can ask the employees or find out what do employees say. And the second high-level strategy is to use your personnel records, for example, to look at performance data or turnover data and, and match that up with who is participating, how long are they holding equity, when do they exercise options, and so forth. In other words, you're asking, what do employees actually do? And you can take either of those approaches. Ideally, even, you'd be able to combine those approaches. They both have their relative pros and cons. But if you, uh, just as a starting point, take either of those paths, you should be able to get some very interesting insight into how well your plan is working. The thing I would add then is, as you're doing that, it's really important to be careful about other factors that might play into the relationship you might observe. So you really want to think carefully, and the reason for this is because, at least every company I'm aware of, is not randomly assigning their equity plan and who participates and who doesn't or how, how long people hold or, or don't hold. So there's something driving that and you'd like to get at the underlying factor. You'd like to get at some sort of a causal statement. The equity is, for example, driving employee satisfaction or is making someone stay longer. And so to get closer to making those types of claims, which is really what you're interested in, it's important to think about, well, why did this person receive it in the first place? So for example, if they received it in the first place because they were a high performer, then you'd want to control for performance if at all possible. And luckily that's something that you probably have data on, but you could also control for salary levels and control for positions and control for the tenure, uh, the type of job that they're doing and those types of things to be able to rule out some of these potential other explanations and get much closer to the answer that you're actually looking for, which is what is the causal effect of this plan? Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned outside factors. And as you were speaking, it occurred to me that, of course, the market is a huge factor in equity awards, too. And 
as we've seen over the past, you know, 10, 15 years, as the market declined, companies evaluated and actually moved to different types of awards a little bit away from options and more to full value awards like restricted stock and restricted stock units. So uh, a lot of areas to consider outside of the company as well. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, that's a great one to bring up. And luckily, again, that's a really easy one to control for because you'll have the variation. You've got the data. You can control both for, you know, the S&P 500 index, and you can also control for your own company's performance um, in making those okay. types of analyses. And, and I'll just point out, because when I attend conferences and things, I often will see people presenting what they will call advanced analytics, but so often it really is just simple comparisons or simple correlations, which is fantastic. It's great to do that. And I'm thrilled to see that companies are, are going to the data to try to look at some of these things. But I think they often stop short of this multi-variable regression analysis where you can control for those things. I think simply because it's intimidating, they don't have that experience but if you really get into it, it really is, I mean, the software's out there, it's, it's available, you can even do it in Excel. It is a very small leap once you've undertaken this analysis just to start trying to rule out and control for some of these things. It's a very small step going from the simple variable by variable comparisons, you know, the simple correlations to a much more rigorous analysis where you can simultaneously control for, well, what did the market do? And what, you know, what are some of these employee characteristics and things like that? Well, that math is way over my head, Marshall. I think I'm going to pull you back down to earth here and talk a little bit more about plan design. And we mentioned earlier that communication is crucial. So how can companies improve their effectiveness in plan design and communication? I guess the first thing that I would say is I... I think it's just very important for companies to be very thoughtful about how they design their plan. And that should probably go without saying, but I so often when I talk to practitioners and I'll ask them what types of questions do they have? And almost invariably, the first question they have is, well, what is everybody else doing? Whereas I think a much better approach is to thoughtfully think about what are we trying to accomplish? What are these other people trying to accomplish? And those may not be the same things, what does our employee base look like? What does our competitive landscape look like? And and just be thoughtful about why you're doing things as opposed to let's just try to do what everyone else is doing, which is not to say that you don't want to consider that kind of competitive intelligence and make sure you're keeping up with the market. But in terms of design, just being a little bit more thoughtful about it. In terms of communication, I really think communication is huge, and I know companies now are, are making big strides in this area, but I think probably you will get no more bang for your buck than putting additional effort into the communication. And let me just give one example uh, of that, and I'm sure you know people have their own examples, but when I was doing a study uh, looking at a broad-based equity plan that included all employees, so all the way down to the bottom of the organization. In this case, it was clerks in a convenience store. And as I was talking to these employees in the store doing some field research, asking them how they perceived the plan, what they thought about it, there was one particular employee that stood out where she was saying, you know, she appreciated that the company gave it to her and it was a nice thing. And I asked her kind of offhand, how much did she have in the plan? you know, what was her stake? How much had she received? And she had been with this company for about 15 years. And she said, oh, it's been great. I think I've got, 
two or three thousand dollars, and that you know seemed a little low to me. So afterwards, I went and they had shared their their personnel data with me, and I looked, and she had about sixty thousand dollars. And so for an employee, again in that type of a category where she was making not a lot more than minimum wage, I presumed to not have a lot of other assets in a retirement account. The difference between two or three thousand dollars and sixty thousand dollars is enormous. And I suspect that her responses would have been much more enthusiastic about the plan had she had a sense for the magnitude of what she'd actually received. So in terms of asking yourself, you know, is my plan working and you're trying to achieve motivation or you're trying to achieve engagement or identification or you're trying to improve retention, it seems like it should go without saying that if people are off by an order of magnitude on what they think they're getting out of the plan, you're likely to get far diminished results. And so if you can simply uh, do a little bit more to educate, not to say that that's an easy process, obviously there are challenges and there are barriers, but if you can find that means of reaching that employee, helping them understand what they receive, I really think that you'll just see an explosion in the enthusiasm and the effects coming from that. The other thing I'll say just on planned communication, somewhat as an aside, but I think going back to the earlier discussion about you know, trying to test the plan, you need that variation. It's very difficult, if not impossible, to randomly assign who you're going to have receive your equity plans, but you can be very intentional and strategic about variation in how you communicate the plan, I think, in terms of just trying out new things. And those would give you opportunities then if you try, you know, maybe in this area, we're going to try this strategy of communication. In this area, we're going to try a different strategy or we're going to put you know, a different initiative in place, that would then give you a great basis to actually test some of the outcomes of the plan in terms of retention or in terms of motivation or things like that. And so that would be, I think, a fairly low cost and very creative way and a very effective way potentially for you to then test what is the effectiveness of a plan while you're simultaneously figuring out how your communication, you know, what is your best communication strategy. Yeah, I think that's a great strategy to employ, Marshall, and I, I agree with you. I, In my career, I've always been a huge proponent of educating employees on what they have because just like you said, if you think you have 2000 or 3000 well, that's great, but I think you'd be a little more motivated if you realized you had $60,000. At least I would be, so can't motivate and retain if employees don't understand really what they have. So I think that we've hit a lot of great topics, Marshall. Is there anything that we haven't discussed that we should address for our listeners today? Yeah, I think we've hit most of it. So maybe if you'll allow me just to get on my soapbox briefly uh, in terms <laughs> of, you know, kind of parting <laughs> thoughts here. When you're evaluating your equity plans, by and large, companies are putting a lot of money into these. These are big investments. And so I I think it really makes a lot of sense to ask yourself, what is your ROI? And there are fairly small steps you can take to start to answer that question and just be a little bit more thoughtful and intentional about evaluating how your plan is doing. And when you're doing that, again, I, I think to answer, you know, the golden question of, you know, what exactly is the full causal effect of this thing in terms of, you know, one dollar of equity has this effect on stock returns or something like that. That's a tricky question to ask. And I'll, I'll be candid. That's a tricky thing to ask and would take a lot of work, would take the right data. But I think companies have a lot of data they do have at their disposal that can really start to make inroads 
it may not answer everything with 100% rigor that you can absolutely be able to publish in the top academic journals necessarily, but that doesn't have to be your goal, right? That That's my goal. That's not your goal as a practitioner. And so just start looking for easy wins. What data do you have? You have the data already in your system on employee turnover. You know who's receiving the equity. You know what the performance is. And so just taking a step back and say, look, let's see if we can find some easy wins here, do a little bit of analysis, be careful with it so that you can you know, have, have more confidence in what you're finding. But I think that if you'll take that approach, you will find you know, that your data will start to speak to you in, in very informative ways. And at the end of the day, what I think more than anything you'll get from that process is it'll help you to ask more thoughtful questions. It's fairly low cost, I think, or I hope, to do an analysis to see what is the uptake of our ESPP across different countries. And that's not a particularly academic exercise. And you can find, okay, in this country, it seems to be very low, or in this particular division, it seems to be low. And then that allows you to ask some thoughtful questions, and it might involve some boots on the ground and talk to people, and you'll start to get some very practical answers about, you know, how should we be communicating, what's not working here and why, that allows you to really start to unlock the positive effects that are available through these equity plans. Well, Marshall, that was a great soapbox pitch. I wish I had some canned applause I could play for you. But instead, I'd just like to say thank you for all your time and for sharing your knowledge and your expertise and discussing your research with all of our listeners today. I really appreciate your time. And I want to thank also everyone who listened today and just remind you that you can access all the podcasts in the Equity Expert series at nespp.com forward slash equity expert. Thank you, everyone.